a son who was sentenced to life because he shot his mother, arguing over her will. You have mass shootings almost every week somewhere, or mass killings. There's deceit in government, in business, on social media. Even this week, watching Alex Jones be fined $1 billion for spreading the rumors about Sandy Hook's elementary school shooting, saying that it was a hoax. And him believing that he is triumphing over uh, people that want to oppress freedom of speech. Or the war in Ukraine, where I read that Putin actually believes that he is some sort of messiah, a savior to the Eastern Orthodox Church, that what he's doing is reuniting it under Moscow. We see the distance between the haves and have-nots. Poverty, housing crisis. We see a people that worship anything but our God. Addictions getting worse. Marriages are broken. And as you begin to watch all this stuff, things stir up in us. Anger, a sense of wanting to see justice done. It's a world that greed and pride are virtue. That there's lots of lust in the world, but not a lot of love. The wants outweigh our needs. Our personal needs are greater than the needs of our neighbor. A place where bad behavior can be rewarded. It's a godless society. It's a society that lacks grace, love, humility, and peace. Who need to turn from their wicked ways. They need God. They need salvation. Paul in Romans actually expresses all these different things that he's seeing in society. He saw it in Rome. He saw distortions around sexuality. He saw the, just the things that were taking place and how people were treating one another. All those things that make us angry. Paul points it out because he knew that's what the people he was speaking to were feeling as well. Looking at the world around us and saying, this is awful. But Paul does something that surprises us. Kind of flips the tables. And he says to them, That all that stuff that's going on in the world is happening right here in your church. He's saying that to the Romans. All this stuff is happening 
Not out there, but in here. He affirms that there's a downward spiral of sin. He, he's able to express that people have ignored God's leading. But he says, essentially, you're all in the same sinking ship as the world around you. He says when they judge others, they also are judged and condemned. They condemn themselves. They are guilty of the same sins that they see out there. They believe at times that if they obey the scriptures, that will save them. But Paul's saying that's not the case. That won't save them. Religion won't save them. And to be sure, he knows that God's judgment is a part of this. But he also knows that they may be getting it distorted. One of the things he says, he says to them that the gospel is for the Jews first and then for the Gentiles. He also says judgment is first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. That's a shock. When they're stirring up within them that they are feeling like they are the more righteous. They can smugly look down on those in the world that they believe are living in this sinful life instead of recognizing that they are too. These are the people that they will preach the Ten Commandments, but they break all of them. That hypocrisy that filters out to the world is such that they can tell someone, this is what you need to obey if you want to be saved. But somehow they believe they're saved because they believe that they obey them. But they have constantly demonstrated that they are breaking all of them. Paul kind of says, you guys, these Jewish Christians, are worse than those that are not believers. Or that perhaps are Gentile Christians that didn't do all the things that they did. He believes they're worse. I'm not sure how they would respond to that, what was buzzing through the crowd as this woman, Phoebe, read the letter to them. Now, they believed that they were Jews because they did all the things they need to do. There was circumcision. There were all the different things that they were obedient to. But Paul says that's not what made them Jewish. It's what takes place within them, not just around them and what they 
perceive their doing. It's the inward transformation of their heart by the Holy Spirit. The circumcision of the heart. He's saying there's no difference between these Jews and these Gentiles, and they view these Gentiles as almost pagan because they didn't do it the right way. They didn't come to faith and righteousness the right way. And Paul says there's no difference here. He said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. You're going to hear that a lot. Paul says all. God's wrath is revealed. We talked about wrath, his anger. It's like the anger that the people had towards how they viewed the world outside. But what's also revealed through Christ is God's love, patience, and kindness. And Greg shared that today in song. His loving kindness, I kept hearing those words, his loving kindness. That's who God is. I think sometimes we, as we shared last uh, two weeks ago, is we sure like to think of the wrath of God as he will take out those people that deserve justice. And yet he does something different. His judgment and justice is there. But it says, I want you to hear these words, it's his kindness that brings us to repentance. We need to hear those words. It's his kindness that brings us to repentance. That loving kindness that he pours out on us that causes us to turn and look to him. And it's not his anger and judgment and fear of punishment, but his kindness. In the message, Eugene Peterson says, God is kind but not soft. He says he takes people with a firm hand and brings them back to a place of redemption. And transformation. God is gracious, but he's firm. I think these people, in following Jesus Christ, had forgotten the good news of Jesus Christ. They'd forgotten that this gospel that they have in Jesus Christ was for everyone. For the Jews, their belief is is that they were justified or that they were declared right with God and righteous as Jews because they were related to Abraham. And somehow through Abraham, that's where their, I guess, salvation or where their righteousness comes from. But what's happening as Paul's teaching these people is he's expressing to them that you're no longer justified or declared righteous because of 
your family line. But you're declared righteous because of Jesus Christ. That's what's being expressed. Paul's saying it clearly to them, even though they were trapped in that downward spiral, like everyone else, that spiral of sin. In Christ, something new was taking place. Paul talks about that there's a new status, that we actually are right with God and forgiven. That we belong to a new family, that everyone is included in God's people, in Christ. In Christ, there's a new future. It's a transformed life. He even talks about, where we talk about Adam and his sin, that we're a part of that. And Adam actually means humanity. He then talks about Jesus as the new Adam, and we have this new humanity. That there's something that brings even these people in Rome together in their breaks and divides that they have with one another is healed into a unified new humanity. This is all about God's righteousness being revealed. I looked at that word revealed and I was reminded of this as I was listening to Daryl Johnson preaching around Revelation. And I looked at the translation in Romans and it says the word reveal is the root word is apocalypse. Apocalypse. That apocalypse isn't this destructive thing. Apocalypse was actually the revealing the word was almost like it lid was taken off a box and revealed God's righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, all things are set right. Do we believe that? Or are we stuck sometimes in that place of being like the Jewish Christians, believing that we're the ones that are saved and I hope it works out for everyone else. Or that God's judgment is going to be passed on them. I feel really bad for them. Instead of hearing God say, actually, you guys are first. I'm going to judge you first. On how you have portrayed me into this world. What I've given you is a quick synopsis of Romans chapter 1 21, all the way to the end of chapter 5. And I want to encourage you to read this. Because sometimes what can happen is we get into, in, in Romans 1, we get into the sins that Paul throws out there, and we can go, oh, I'm so furious about what's going on in the world. But he does flip the tables. He wants us to know that we are a part of what's going on. We are the ones that are struggling the same way the world is. The sins of the world are not just sins of the world 
out there. It was one of the revelations that I went through as a young Christian. Being a preacher's son, I actually saw all of the bad things that were taking place in the church. And as I started to continue my life in the church, I realized that every sin that we saw out there was happening in the church. I realized there was nothing. The scandalous things that we were seeing on the news, I was seeing in the church. But we don't think about that. We tend to point the finger at the world. And Paul even talks about it like this. He says, you guys, you point your finger at the world in hopes that you can distract God from all the things that you're hiding behind your back. All the things that you're hiding in your heart. If I can point it out to someone else, that did you see that guy? God, did you see that guy? Look at what he did. I'm as incensed as you are, God. Not, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. He's trying to realign this church. That their smugness was only revealing their sinfulness. Last night I... I clicked on a, I, I was looking at Facebook and I just saw this image, just someone wrote this up, said, love the sinner, hate your sin. Think about that. We've always heard it, love the sinner but hate their sin, but we don't talk about ours. I'm wondering how that resonates with you today. We have this good news in Jesus Christ. Do we recognize our salvation? What Christ has done for us? Do we also see how broken we are? as his followers? Do we also recognize how much we need him? That we need Jesus' salvation. He's already saved us. He saved everyone. He's already saved us. It's whether or not we will walk that out. Even the, the Jews, they actually had the Ten Commandments, but they didn't walk it out. That wasn't going to save them. But do we even walk out this life in Christ knowing what that sacrifice meant for our freedom? And do we think it's a one-time deal? Let me tell you, God's kindness will bring you to repentance every day. We've got to be careful that we haven't looked at it as followers of Jesus as I, I repented once, and that was it. And I'm good. It's that place of 
His kindness calls it out to us so that we get to experience the fullness of what transformation in Christ is. We continue to grow. It's always difficult when I was taught younger when I did that sinner's prayer. I did it with a woman who every day, every Sunday would ask me, are you ready? Are you ready to do it today? And I actually said, yeah, sure, let's get it over with. And she took me in a room and she just said, repeat this prayer. And I did. And that was it. She declared to everyone that I was in the kingdom now. But it was difficult for me to have to then face the fact that didn't do the whole thing. I love the image of the Israelites going from the Red Sea to the Jordan, the Promised Land. You see the deliverance? Just like Christ's death delivered them as they go through the Red Sea. But you've got an entire 40 years of sanctification. Of them having to repent all the time of what was going on within them. But it's in the midst of God's kindness. Not in the midst of his judgment and fear. It was his kindness. As we go through this, you can see these headings. I got this from the Bible Project. It said, all humanity is trapped in sin and needs to be rescued. And rescue won't happen by trying to obey the laws of the Torah. God's righteousness has rescued the world through Jesus to create a new family, a new humanity. That it's justification by faith that creates new humanity. I loved all the songs that Greg did today. Great is our God. The Lord is great, is gracious and compassionate. You have won me through your loving kindness. Has Paul flipped the tables for you? Has he shaken you up in a way that you go, my goodness, I have been judging more than I've been looking at my own? stuff in our outrage in the world around us do we have outrage sometimes with what we're doing I'm not here to judge anyone if you walk away from this thinking that you're being judged by me that's not happening but God may be speaking to you but what it is he's calling you to in repentance through his loving kindness. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. That's in Romans 2 in the message. I want you to read through this all these. Chapter, you can read all, full of chapter 1 to chapter 5. I've summed it up, but I want you to see what Paul's doing. 
He's not wanting them to get stuck in the division that's taking place. But he wants to call people into the new humanity that we have in Jesus Christ. I also want you to pray into it. Just ask God to reveal what it is that you need to hear. And perhaps even next Sunday you could come and share some of those things that God might have spoken to you. But it's always about active, being active in our faith. Not just saying one prayer. But standing before the Lord saying, show me, show me where I need change, where I need cleansing. Let me pray for us as we head out of here today. Lord, we are grateful that you are a God who's gracious, compassionate, and loving. That even when it comes to your judgment, you're not a rageful God. That we know there's anger that you have just like we have, Lord, about things that are just not okay. But God, you've done everything in your power to bring reconciliation. To bring us right before you. Lord, may you continue to speak words of transformation into our lives. That God, you would be given permission to be able to to speak into those places where we need to continually repent. We thank you for that loving kindness that draws us into you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice and for us being able to be brought into a new humanity in Christ. May we rest in you today. May we not be afraid of you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do in our lives. May we always be thankful. In your name I pray. Amen.